<laughs> okay. Okay, well, thank you very much. That was fun. I can only hope that, uh, you know, sometime in the not far uh, distant future that people will look back on our era and say, wow, you know, it was a time of completely irrational, hysterical, um, you know, anti-productive uh, hatred against men that, and that, that fortunately the tide turned against it. Um, I, I just hope that, but I, I'm not too hopeful about it happening soon. Okay, um, my last name, how, how, you mean how to pronounce it? The Fiamengo, Janice Fiamengo is my name. I can say it any old, it sounds like Flamingo, but Fiamengo is the name, yeah. You know, I've sat on hiring committees that were hell-bent on hiring women even though they were looking at applications where the men were clearly superior and the ability of people to lie to themselves in the name of this greater good this you know wonderful future that they're helping to bring about it was really appalling and the ability not to see the humanity of men and the universities have been taken over by ideologues of various stripes, feminism being only one version of, you know, this progressivist ideology that has completely infiltrated universities. But um, but that's the line that we have to take, is that, you know, feminism uh, cannot be allowed to have the final say, that university has to be a place for open debate. And it's pretty hard to argue against that, although they try, of course, because they talk about safe spaces and rape culture and all of that but you have to just we have to keep on with that when you investigate the ways in which university administrators cave in over and over again to these ridiculous demands by feminists that women never should have to hear an opinion you know that might upset them um, that's what's so particularly upsetting but um, that's the line we just have to hold on to is that universities have to be places where people can debate ideas otherwise I mean I really think that we should start withdrawing funding and I think if the majority of people in our society knew what is going on at universities and colleges across the country that they wouldn't be willing to have their tax dollars going to support what is essentially uh, you know a center of indoctrination rather than a center of learning and um, universities aren't about the pursuit of truth or knowledge anymore they're about learning what it is correct to think and not deviating from that orthodoxy and that's appalling it's horrible yeah it is really frightening i'm just i'm just janice fiamingo on twitter you can find me easily there well that's true you always have a little bit of hope yeah i'm i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing if i didn't have a smidgen <laughs> Um, well, if they, put, you know, if they put my name into to Google, lots of things come up, and I'm actually in the process now. I've just started with my friend who's a videographer, Steve Boulay. Uh, he's filmed a lot of the protests, like the one for Warren Farrell's talk in Toronto a couple years ago. We're doing, yeah, I'm doing a series of YouTube videos um, about anti-feminism and and men's issues in a feminist context. So they'll be up pretty soon, probably, I'd say, within the next 
month and a half or so, I'll have a whole series of, of videos for anyone that wants to hear my ideas. I'm Janice Fiamengo, and you're listening to Apostasy Now. <laughs> Never really discussed how that made you feel. I feel liberated. I am now and forever post-love. And as such, I'm free to pursue a life of meaning. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is apostasy now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Dr. Random McCam. Dr. Random McCam. Is that how we pronounce it? Yeah, that, that, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've been watching some of your videos since we uh, communicated last. Uh, I first of all I've been surprised that you uh, never drink. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> I drink some of the time. I see. <laughs> so, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, what inspired you to start your videos? Well, <clears throat> I, it was like it was in two thousand seven. I because I've been I've been sort of doing music and cartoony things ever since then. My real name and face have been out there since forever. So it was <laughs> it was never that was never much of an issue. I've always just sort of yammered on about stuff that annoys me, and and then <laughs> then one day I discovered the evil shit lying in our gender studies department, and I thought, why haven't I been mocking our own national religion? I've been mocking everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day I tried my hand at a video response, and it turned out I'm quite good at those, so I did more of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you uh, have caught any Doctor Who. Are you a Doctor Who fan? Doctor Who lover? Mm, not really. I'm 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 in that sort of that half generation. Where I I grew up mostly in the '90s, the the hula's decade. So you're so you're yeah. more you're more into science fiction that actually has science in it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I, I, it's always seemed like a kids' show to me, you know, because it is. <laughs> well, Dean Esme is going to try and kill me now that I made a joke about it. I'm aware of this. I'm aware that many of my fellow geeks are big <laughs> Who fans, uh, and it's fine. Yeah, each to their own. Uh, right now, they've just started a two-part episode, as far as I know, it's two-part anyway. I read a couple articles on it talking about how uh, it's supposed to be a, a sci-fi parallel of the immigration issues that are going on in Europe with the, uh-huh. all, all the uh, uh, refugees. So, they got, they, yeah, they got shapeshifter aliens that have apparently in secret been embedded, thousands of them, in the human population. And it was supposed to be peaceful, but some of them have radicalized, and now no one knows who's friend and who's enemy. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. We'll see where that goes. I was thinking it'd be more helpful if, like you were saying, if they dealt with, uh, if these enemies showed up and instead of saying, uh, you know, stuff that's supposed to parallel ISIS, they were saying things like, uh, do not refer to me as he or she. I want to be referred to as, uh, I don't know, reddish gore or, I don't know, the gender wars. <laughs> they use whatever identity politics work. And yeah, that could either be religious or... I don't know, pseudo-religious or whatever this is. 
you know. Well, they they're going with one parallel, which is ISIS, and I can see why. But yeah, they're they could have just easily taken the same storyline. I think it would have actually been better because they're shapeshifters, right? So anything to do with trans <laughs> would have oh, played yeah, out would have played out naturally there. Yeah. But what have you been concentrating on most recently? What's been on your radar? Uh, I'm I'm we're doing a series of reviews right now because I went to I went to Canada right recently to to check out Allison's digs and we we sort of sat down and and, and reviewed some movies while I was there so I got all those to edit and that's gonna re- that's gonna be replacing the raging on a few weeks and apart from that I don't know uh, just looking at a few requests to Al- Allison from the Honey Badgers that's right yeah yeah well, I heard you on there yeah the the raging <laughs> you're not you're not as angry as Allison though. <laughs> well, I, uh, Alison and Karen, and actually most of the Honey Badgers have this thing where they just open their face and magic comes out. I can't quite do that. I have to <laughs> sit, sit, sit there and write it down for like a couple of days. Fortunately, I'm quite good at acting, so I could, I can, you know, I can summon whatever emotions went into the writing. I, I'm a complete fake, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I find your stuff hilarious. Um, now, I'm not sure. It's got to be a combination of style and substance. Like, I personally have been driven crazy by the types of videos that you're kind of shredding. Mm-hmm. And I like the way you do it with a sense of humor. It makes it easier to palette the material that you're going through. Yeah. Like, um, uh, Bane's invited me onto an episode of his new podcast where, where they're going to be talking about the importance of humor in activism. So I'm already thinking about how I would, how I would go about talking about that because that's pretty much my thing. But I don't, I don't think about it. You know, it's just the humor happens naturally because this stuff's so wrong. I see humor in wrong things. I, I assume most people do, but apparently it's not that common a skill. Most people just head desk. <laughs> <laughs> Whether we laugh or we cry. <laughs> or we head desk. Or we head desk. <laughs> well, no sense brain damaging yourself because eventually you become what you hate. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Before you know it, you'll hit your head so many times, you'll be making feminist videos. <laughs> <laughs> you all have my permission to shoot me if I have. <laughs> so, uh, they, you make a lot of arguments. What are the what are the reoccurring arguments that get under your skin the most? Um, <clears throat> regardless of the kind of argument, it's just the hypocrisy that comes with it. When people are able to swing to one side of a principle and then completely swing to the other side. When it crosses over from their favorite group to their not favorite group, you know, yeah, just whether it's feminists or religious people or the opposite of either of these things. If, yeah. uh, if people will blatantly choose one thing for one group and the opposite for another, and somehow they could just shut off their brain from that entire other half of the principle, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no idea what people should think, but I've, I'm fairly sure. Just, you know, the process of how you think can be made objectively better. <laughs> Shit like like that kind of memory erasing hypocrisy is clearly not how you argue properly. It's right. it's how you disguise your fucking dogmatic hatred. Well, it's I, obvious. I imagine you've run into people who actually outright mock the idea of saying the word fallacy. Like I've I've had people when I say that they're using a fallacy, are like, "Oh, you people and your fallacies." <laughs> Yeah. As if come, back, come back a couple of hours later and, and they're going oh you just used a straw man fallacy <laughs> I know what that means yeah. <laughs> if you're like look I'd like to keep arguing but I gotta go take a shit they're like straw man that was that was ad hominem it's, it's the only two they can pronounce isn't yes. it so it's the only two they go for oh I, I think going to the bathroom would be an ad plop ergo proctor plop <laughs> <laughs> 
You could have replaced Propter with Plopter. But no. <laughs> <laughs> you went the windy route. I like it. Smash <laughs> okay. uh, Lock here gets to deal with a, a heightened level uh, than most of us in our everyday life with these are types of gender ideas or whatever it is, PC culture. Uh, yeah, because of the program that I'm in in school, um, I, I, I'm constantly exposed to how much of a horrible person I am um, <laughs> as a... As a straight white male, I, I realize that what I really need is a wax mustache <laughs> <laughs> and a train track to tie somebody to. Like, it, it's weird being taught by a feminist professor and being told how much more powerful I am when <laughs> they could ask me to leave at any point. And they will if you argue with them. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty good at arguing. I don't do it in a way that generally gets their backs up too much. So I haven't been told to leave the class yet, although I've done it voluntarily at one point. I, I, I left the class when we started talking about cultural appropriation. Mm. I just knew that I was going to get angry about that bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, you could have said, hey, this is a classroom. Aren't you all, anyone who's not white here should leave. You're culturally appropriating the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would have gone over well. <laughs> These floors, this material that's built this building is strictly like white people heritage, right? <laughs> right. Like the one class I'm in right now is essentially sociology by another name and they just they're just using it as a vehicle to to press into young minds exactly how oppressive Chris is at the back of the class. Yes. You know, or James or Jim or Tommy, anyone who's white. If you're a guy, you're like half oppressive if you're not white. But like if you're white, you're full oppression. And if and if all you women could stop appropriating all those inventions that men right. came up with, uh, that'd be good. Which Cars. leaves you with the dishwasher, I think. That was invented by a woman. Right. On you go. Just before you came on, I, I, I just got my final response. I've been arguing with a family member. I won't say who, because that's not anyone's business, but uh, they're a feminist. Uh, pretty, pretty disappointed in me, I think, for my position not being one. Um, basically... Uh, how the conversation has ended is that they are not going to read anything that I send them. Uh, they are a feminist and will be a feminist until the day they die. And that's fine. Uh, that's a personal choice. Uh, I mean, it would be the same, just exchange feminist for Christian and it wouldn't really change my opinion on the matter. But, uh, I'm being said that my position is self self-centered and self-serving. Meanwhile, you won't even read the evidence I present to you, which is closed minded in the extreme. So, I mean, it's like plugging your ears and covering your eyes and going, blah, 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 I don't want to hear it. The evidence is rape culture. Yeah, evidence is rape culture. It's evidence rape. And people who push it are patriarchy. Mm -hmm. I am. I am. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, you need to have an open mind, and I'm going to close my mind off until you open yours. Exactly. <laughs> but we need, to, we need to compromise here. Uh, meaning you need to compromise all the way to my side, and I need to compromise, compromise nothing at all. <laughs> right. Here's the line in the sand. Uh, I'm not crossing onto your side at all. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. It is what it is. My nephew is taking a course in college for film, and every class the teacher, uh, it's, it's a man, but every class the teacher goes on about how women are mistreated and misrepresented, and it's gender crap, you know, and I, I told him, I said, if you decide that you're going to cause problems... Uh, I said, you can go to the faculty and, uh, you know, present a complaint saying this was not in the uh, the syllabus or the, the course curriculum outline. And I'm here for film studies. If he wants to include a portion on that, that's fine. But he's doing it every class. And that's gender studies. And that's not what we signed up for. Mm. And I'm like, be prepared for 
some unpleasant feedback. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, like I say, I was it, pretty sure I wasn't that bad when I was in university, and that was gone 10 years ago now. But yeah, apparently the horror stories are true. It's, yeah. uh, it's actually that bad, is it? Well, I'm I'm just in the college course, but I'm building up towards going to university part-time just because that works with my family situation. But, I mean, it's just, it, it's everywhere. It, it's everywhere. It's in every facet. It's in every, it's in every class. And it's just, it's getting worse. It's getting to the point where you can't even move without being exposed to it in some capacity or another. And, I mean, this has to have some sort of a an impact on the male psyche. Yeah, there is actually... There was a video, uh, Sargon was talking to a guy, I think the guy's a feminist. <clears throat> Anyways, they, they have oppositional views on many things, Yeah. but they had like an hour and a half conversation. This is not too long ago. And at one point I remember, uh, Sargon saying, uh, the, the, he's like, okay, well, what we're against it, they were talking about, um, authoritarianism versus libertarianism, like on a social level, mm -hmm. who want to dictate rather than allow for freedom. And so the other guy was saying, look, you know, you guys keep saying that about, uh, you know, feminists, but really, what do they, what do we want? We want to just have people get along with each other more, respect each other more, you know, and we're going to, you know, sure, we'll teach respecting things, you know, respecting other people, different types of people, the kids in school. And that's when Sargon cuts in and he's like, well, you understand that is, a, that is authoritarianism. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you know, teaching our kids to think like you think, to, to act the way you think they should. That's social engineering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would call it socialization. Yeah. You know? Well, they guise it in that, that, you know, oh, we're all just being friendly. It's for the good of society stuff. Right. Yeah. They just, they just insist about on these sort of, <clears throat> sort of nebulous buzzwords. Like we just want everyone to get along and share and be nice. So like everyone does. But what do you mean? You, you want to force people to share and be nice. That's communism, friend. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually surprised that when I first became familiar with this stuff, I used to think people were funny when they'd call feminists Marxists, right? <laughs> because I was like, how over the top is that? Like, no one's going to take you serious. And then I started realizing that there are actual connections. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much exactly the same, but with proletariat replaced with women and bourgeoisie replaced with men across the board. Yeah, right. And you can do that with all kinds of things. You can do it with fat and skinny people. Yeah, it'd be funny explaining <laughs> this to Marx. Hey, you know, you can apply that to fat and skinny people. You go, oh, yeah, with the fat people as the bourgeoisie. Oh, God, yeah. you have much to learn. <laughs> they they control the means of eating all the food. Well, the proletariat. <laughs> Where the proletariat must kiss their asses in order to get some of the scraps. Yes. I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it, it's just, it's reaching an, a level of insanity that I couldn't have previously thought possible. I probably should have been able to, considering some of the people we know in our own circles and the magical thinking that takes place there. But it's, it's almost viral in a way now. I, I think a big part of their success is this desire people have to be a good person. Mm -hmm. um, and I have actually said this to more than one person now, that it's not okay to just want to be good. You have to understand what you're doing. And sometimes that means people are going to think you're a bad person for asking questions you're not supposed to ask or right. taking positions that aren't popular. Or even just starting an argument where you could have walked away. You know, these that's what's if you really want to be a good person, sometimes that's actually how you do it. Right. Uh, for, you know, for want of a slightly less uh, uh, arbitrary term than good person. I, I yeah. try to avoid bad person and good person because it didn't make much sense. 
Yeah, it's one of the unless you've defined human nature, which is a massive philosophical argument unto itself. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. So one of the things about D and D that uh, you know I think is a little bit binary and simplistic: good and evil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, you sort of do that. You got to do that if you want to sort of make a world and a life that lasts only a few hours. <laughs> you got to yeah. get from start to finish somehow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then it's integrated in the stat sheet, really. Yeah. Not not, right. not that any of us would know anything about that because we're all cool. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, I remember the funniest moment with that. I knew a girl, man. She was cool and she was hot. This is in university. Yeah. And I forget, we were we were all drinking somewhere. And all of a sudden, I said something about it. All of a sudden, she turns to me and she corrected me on how stats work on D&D. And she smiles and goes, not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like Fight Club, isn't it? Geek Club. Yeah. First rule of Geek Club. Is you don't talk about Geek Club. The second rule is if you do, they give you a wedgie. <laughs> you can always tell who's the DM out in public, though, because they're the ones talking about it at the at the frickin' corner store with other people around when you really don't want anyone else to know that you're playing. The gang shut leader. Shut up. It's, shut up. It's the gang leader. Yep. <laughs> so what was your university experience like? Um... <clears throat> Uh, not much sex, not much sex, a shitload of drugs and a fair amount of rock and roll, <laughs> basically. But, I mean, you covered two of the three. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit of the first, but mostly drugs and rock and roll. And did you get your degree? Yeah. I oh. sort of had to take a year off to do lots of drugs. <laughs> but I, but I, came, I came back and finished my third year of drama degree with a whole new class of people, which was fucking hard. I don't know how I managed that. Nice. I went to school for theater. I went to university. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's much, much the same. It's called a drama degree, but it's basically yeah, all the yeah. all, all theatre and all the different facets of, of how theatres work. Yeah, yeah. I think there's um, when it comes to acting, there are differences in the different uh, mediums that you're going to do it in. But there's always that underlying core of how you develop your your um, what do you call it your your craft. Yeah, and it's and it's the whole range of things, not just the acting, but you know the scripting and the sound and the rigging and the costume. You got to you got to do all that yourself and delegate whole groups of people to do all that shit. Wouldn't it be funny if movies they had to do all their own costumes and makeup? <laughs> <laughs> Which, who's they? I mean, actors, actors. I know. Right. Yeah, that would. Yeah, <laughs> it would be somewhat amateur. Whatever union represents the uh, the costume department, and makeup department goes on strike for like three months. I'd love to see what TV looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be horrible. Clooney, no longer the sexiest man. <laughs> Fair well, you never know. After a few days of them all just drifting into smart casual, they might sort of all loosen up a bit. Yeah, that's true. Like, hey, I, I feel better when I'm not caked in makeup and sweating my ass off in, in this polyester bullshit they found at the back of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Actually, the, the drama might actually improve on the shows. Yeah. Acting new focus in Hollywood. <laughs> right. That's cool. I didn't get my degree because I bombed out in depression. Oh, but, really? uh, but I would have much preferred to go your route, take a year off and have my fun and then go back. That's really probably what I should have done. Mm. Or you could go my way, which is wait until you're in your middle 30s and then take a shot at it. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. I th in some ways, I'm like I'm not saying people should wait until my age to go to school because you know you probably miss a lot of opportunities for good income uh, by doing that. But 
you know, coming straight out of high school, right out of the gate with eyes wide, you're just going to stumble a lot. Like a lot of people are just going to trip up and waste a lot of money. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think that if you're like 20 to 25, you're really not in the zone that you need to be mentally for the kind of rigors that, that college and university are going to put you through. But beyond that, you know. Well, I mean, even the fact that your life experiences allows you not to be suckered in by the peer pressure of, you know, tr- trans, uh, you know, species or trans racial or whatever it is they're going to teach that class. Uh, queer theory. Queer theory. Yeah. Queer, queer theory came out of the 80s, and that's the newest one that I'm learning right now. And it's all about sexual orientation and how it affects patterns of oppression. And uh, have they taught you how many letters of the alphabet are all being strung together? I don't know. Pretty much well, all of them. I think they're going to have to get into Chinese characters soon. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't have any problem with, 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 what, what, with what they're telling me. It's the implications that I argue. Yeah, well, it's. I, I mean, queer used to mean gay, and then I, and then maybe it meant bi, and now it means if I'm queer if I say so. <laughs> that yeah. makes that makes me better than people who aren't queer because they say so. But it, it might be simpler than all the letters, right? Maybe maybe we should just switch over that term since they've kind of reappropriated it as a positive one. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier than LGBT A B C D E F G. <laughs> Two spirited. Um, you know, they'll they'll use terms from any sort of. <laughs> whatever like culture nor they're trying to make it normal right but the problem is is that and, and you know you can tell me your opinion on this but my opinion is is that you can't just make up a gender with no definition and this idea of gender fluidity like okay fine can you define that for me and they're like yeah. well no <clears throat> Yeah, I, it's it. They they keep saying they're trying to get away from this gender binary. So they're going, okay, there's LGBTQ, WAP, Alpha, Omega, whatever, and all those people are different from straight people. So that's what we got. We got straight people and not straight people because we're trying to get away from the binary. Right. Really, because <laughs> you seem to have landed on a binary there. There's people who are queer because they say so. There's people who are sexually nuanced because they say so. And there's people who aren't sexually nuanced. Yeah, Those people have to bow down and apologize to us sexually nuanced people. But there's no binary working here <laughs> whatsoever. I love the uh, that anyone now who feels awkward about sex or intimidated about being in a sexual relationship can just call themselves asexual. Like, yeah. you know, there's a test we could do for that. If we sit someone down, set some electric nodes to, to test for response, you know, to monitor their genitals, and then we put some porn on in front of them, and we get no response, they're asexual. Otherwise, they've got other issues going on. <laughs> Possibly, or just porn doesn't do it for them. There's okay. times when porn yeah, doesn't true. do it for me. It's a bit over the top. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, that's that's that would be the proper definition, is that you simply, you're asexual means you're not sexual. I'm not sure how that definition, that term really confuses me. Well, they have a bunch of A nows, aromantic, you know, scoliosexual. Like, they're they're going for, uh, what was it, Tumblr? They have 52 gender identities is the rumor I heard that you can select from. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's a number of playing cards. I wonder if that's a coincidence. Yeah. Tumblr seems to be a place to me where you have severe brain damage, you end up there producing content. It's absolutely mad. Well, I mean, look, I'm not saying that I don't have any sort of personal flexibility. If you want to identify as a transracial, goblinkin, uh, scoliosexual, whatever, okay, fine. Put that in a package for me that I can understand it. You know, I, I really hate identity politics uh, because if I'm sitting across from you 
and you're gay or straight, it really doesn't factor for me. I don't care. That's me. Somebody else might care, but that's that's me. I don't. But that's right? not enough. They gotta be snowflakes, right. dude. They gotta if be I snowflakes. call you him, and then you're like, I'm not a him. I'm a Zim. Oh, yeah. oh fuck. Okay, fine. What's your name? All right. Or at least wear it on your shirt so I can read it. Be like, call me. Don't call me he, she. Call me yeah. platypus. Right. Right. And then I'm just gonna <laughs> ask you for your name because I'm not calling you platypus. <laughs> so I don't know. People seem to be desperate for a tribe, but any tribe other than the tribe they're in. There's some, some kind of grass is always greener syndrome. They think they're getting away from tribalism, but all they're doing is is desiring to change to a smaller tribe yeah. and you know, to, to be the black sheep. I'm, I'm unique like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like people want, like, I know that people kind of say, oh, you're just a special snowflake. Uh, you know, they try and make fun of them. But I think that there's there's a cry for help here that's hidden in all of this. Well, there probably is. I, well, here, I'll give you uh, something I was talking about yesterday with, uh, with Ian. You guys tell me what you think. I have this uh, kind of idea that our human brain, our physiology is designed to survive in much harsher in uh, a much harsher environment than we currently have, at least in the West. Yeah. And I think that those parts of our brain and our instincts don't just shut uh, shut down when things get easier. I think that they're still looking for threats to deal with. Right. And yeah. since there are no life and death threats, they're now starting to pick uh, like pick up these things that are like minor and blow them into huge identity issues. You think there's anything to that? Well, there yeah, might be. It's, you know, it's not a coincidence that children think they see monsters under the bed. Because you know they're not far from, evolved from monkeys who slept in trees and really did have monsters roaming around on, you know, on, on the on the forest floor beneath them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these are residual fears of actual monsters. Yeah. And and you know we're we're in an environment where there's no bears or, or tigers running around anymore, but we still got the software there to look out for them. <clears throat> so it's, and it's our responsibility to let children know that the monsters aren't real, and some of us aren't doing a good job of that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we just have to be more mindful as parents in our current time to make sure our kids are challenged, moving in a direction that really challenges them. Yeah, I break, uh, you know, I try to break it to my kids straightforward, you know, when anything's going wrong. I try not to sugarcoat anything because the world isn't going to do them any favors. You know, it's, it's just not. There was a line on Castle recently, which is a show that I, you know, it's my shame, but I watch it when I'm doing other stuff. Uh, and normally the show, like, he's wealthy and she's this like really successful cop. A lot of things are really foo-foo and ridiculous, mm. uh, generally in the show. But a recent episode had a line that popped out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know who the writer was that came up with it, but it said, he was talking to his mom. He goes, remember you taught me when I was growing up that the world won't give you the things that you want. You need to work for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> that seems out of place on this show with the millionaire book writer <laughs> character. <laughs> Uh, but that's true, man. That's an important thing that we should, you know, learn when we're growing up. Okay, you know, your parents are taking care of you. Your school's holding your hand and calling you any name. I guess you're demanding these days to be called. Um, but in life, you can't just have satisfaction handed to you. You have to find it for yourself. Right. Uh, occasionally, the universe will hand you something for nothing, and that's called luck. Yes. And, and if that happens <laughs> to you once, there's no reason it's going to happen to you again. And it stands to reason there are stories out there of people who experience luck time and time again for no reason other than luck. 
statistically it's bound to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen to you it's right. like winning the lottery <laughs> just because someone wins the lottery doesn't mean you're likely to win the lottery well it's a little bit like okay we're talking about acting and it being a uh, a craft one of the things that i have noted that after i went through training for years in acting with some really good teachers and directors excuse me is that the whole art is to be presented on stage as if it's flawless you don't want people thinking about your technique but there's all kinds of different techniques you can employ in order to make that performance grab the audience, connect with the audience more, right? And this is a little bit like luck. You can go on stage without any training, and you might be lucky for a performance here or there, for a character here or there. But you're never going to step up to a really fulfilling career as an actor, as like an artist, unless you learn the craft, you know? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's a certain endurance. Um, I suppose comparing with doctors is a bit far-fetched, but... Uh, it's not. It's not just. <clears throat> I mean, you've got to learn to endure the hardships of being a doctor. People are going to die. People are going to get horribly injured sometimes because of you, and that and that's what really tests your metal. If you can't figure out some way of handling that, then you're never going to be a doctor. And it's much the same. It's, again, it's much the same, but scaled down with acting and indeed with uh, uh, being a comedian in particular. You are going to die on some nights. You're going to bomb horribly, <laughs> and it's going to weigh. Uh, on your conscience, like nothing you could possibly know, and yeah, that's that's how you really become a performer by learning to endure the uh, the shit that really grinds your brain away, <laughs> the bad nights. Yes, the enduring the slings and arrows, <laughs> as, as I say. Yeah. <laughs> you ever want to watch a really disappointing episode of, of Doctor Who? Watch the one where they go back to Shakespeare. <laughs> It's, it's just oh, sad. done that loads of times. Are you guys both who? Oh, sorry. Are you guys both who fans? Doesn't not massively. No, well, no. not at all. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, I'm familiar with it, but I'm not actually a fan, which yeah. is very confusing apparently for some people. I, I'm not. I, I'm just like I'll throw it right out there for for all the haters who are who lovers. Um, I'm just. Uh, I'm not a who. I'm, I'm not yeah, a. I'm not a who I'm hater. A, You're I'm a who hater. hater. <laughs> you know. I, uh, I'm, I'm not a Whovian. You did not hear me, and neither did Horton. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just uh, I don't know. I like shows that have a bit more sense to them, I suppose. But I mean, it's popular, so people are gonna like it. But it's fun schlock, uh, like you know, Farscape and all those other puppety shows. Yeah. See, I like Farscape. I fucking love the shit out of that well, show. But see, I think that what well, you just said, puppety shows. One of the things where uh, Doctor Who has often really differed from stuff like Star Trek is that Star Trek uh, tries to get away from what looks like people in costumes running around. They eventually <laughs> evolved away from the 60s version, but Doctor Who never did. They, they, they no. kept that schlocky rubber costume sort of, ha ha ha. That's how you can tell it's a kid's show, because kids, well, you know, they're scared anyway. <laughs> like, honestly, if the Daleks, because I, I know a bit about it, because I watched it because there was nothing else to do at one time or another, and it was just like, shit, I might as well. And, and I hated it all the way through. But if a Dalek were to come rolling up, my instant reaction wouldn't be fear it would be like hey man take your plunger arm and fix my toilet yeah. like, <laughs> it would be, be to look so, for the for the for the fucking pedal so you could throw your garbage <laughs> so instead of exterminate what brands would exterminate what that can be used for unblocking a toilet excrementally right? i don't know <laughs> excrementally 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 oh man it's like a cheap knockoff of r2d2 going oh yes. shit
<laughs> I think they yeah they probably they did they did come before R2D2. Did yeah. they really? They're, well, yeah, there's yeah. their success. Sixties, the I think. Their you know, tin can aliens are probably were quite popular back in the days when all they had was cardboard boxes to make their aliens. Uh, they think the success was probably largely because all the robots back then were people in cardboard costumes, and this was a robot that was on wheels, so it was able to do everything without all the weird looking. <laughs> Cardboard yeah. arms and stuff. Oh yeah, like Robbie the robot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, it looks autonomous, but not in an anthropometric way. Yeah. Oh okay. But that's why also it looks ridiculous now, as it has the same basic design. It's like big garbage cans with a plunger sticking out of it, running around screaming, "Exterminate! Yeah, we, exterminate!" We've seen Ed, Ed two hundred nine now and all that other shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, at some point they had to make them start floating. This is the funny thing about Doctor Who: how it evolves over time. It's been going for 50 years, right? When these things first were created, they had to roll... The story was that they weren't able to leave their, their palace because they had to have electricity from the floor to to power them. Mm-hmm. And then they had the big breakthrough where they could leave the palace and they could generate power on their own. Right. But they couldn't go upstairs. And so it was only in like 2006 that the, they started being able to fly. Oh, right. <laughs> it's like, oh no, the Daleks are coming. Go up the step. We are universe-threatening creatures that recently were able to go upstairs. Yeah, well. yeah that's been every comedian's favorite bit. <laughs> they can't follow you up the stairs. They're, you know, they've all got their version of that bit. So what shows do you like as far as, like, as you, you, you're a self-described uh, geek? Yeah. Uh, Red Dwarf was my thing. I, yeah. I like silly shows more than I like sci-fi shows. Well, Fair comedy enough. is my thing more than sci-fi. Right but yeah, I was I was well into Red Dwarf, well into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Sort of, yeah, quite enjoy Star Trek the first the first yeah, couple of generations anyway. Yeah, as opposed to when it started going into. I can't be bothered with Deep Space Nine. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of Voyager, but it's mostly CAC. Um Yeah, we were, we were actually just talking. Uh, me, Ian, and Karen were just talking about this also yesterday. That it's funny how many people still cling on to this idea that Deep Space Nine wasn't a ripoff of Babylon Five. Oh, completely. <laughs> And I was like, my favorite part was, and this is what I've always looked for in Star Trek, is that they introduced religion into the whole thing. Because that was so wonderful. I loved watching that. Right. <laughs> and was that? Deep Space Nine. Oh, right. Uh, that yeah. was religion in that? Yeah, oh, the prophet. All over the place, man. All over the place. Okay. He's the prophet of Bajor. You know, you would think that if it was Star Trek, at least, you know, like this Kira character, I think her name was, you think that at least at some point in there, she would go be challenged about her religion and start thinking more like rationally or something. Cause it's fucking Star Trek. Right. Right. But no, through the whole thing, the point is don't challenge their religion. It's their culture. It was like this PC invasion after Roddenberry died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of people think Roddenberry was like a progressive, but he was not. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Not, not in theory anyway, uh, in practice, everyone he was, yeah, it, it takes individualists to truly build uh, uh, an inclusive society, I guess. Sort of a great irony that the people who insist on inclusivity are very often the people who, in practice, do nothing but exclude people. Well, he uh, he was for a lot of the progressive issues, but he never like, he was also very ardent about people's uh, private rights, freedom of speech, uh, due process. He had all of these things in there, and as we can tell from the social justice warriors, this does not fit into quote progressive uh, attitudes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, trying to tie in. The conversation about fantasy into the reality of the people that we're we're talking about on a daily basis, <laughs> I I just don't see where this is heading. It seems like a movement that that wants everything to be inclusive yet segregated. 
Well, the danger really is that it's playing into a lot of the stuff about uh, uh, getting rid of people's privacy with these. See, on the right, it's about security. And, you know, they're like, well, we need to make everything secure. And also copyright for businesses need to be protected. And so we got to scrap all of your privacy. Uh, on the left, the people are like, well, people's feelings are getting hurt. And their lives might be destroyed by an unkind word. We need to get rid of privacy. Right. <laughs> Strange bedfellows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have learned to, to use language you know, more than they've learned to use log logic. So they can just fiddle around with whatever words they're using to make you know, X sound like Y and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, but it's this sense of extreme gullibility, which, like, I mean... I, I'm not saying that the medical model of treating mental health problems was the best ever because there were severe problems in its approach. And so they've been trying to move away from that and more into like um, when it, when we're dealing with people who have uh, problems, psycho psychological issues, uh, allowing them to kind of self-actualize on their own client self-determination -determ and whatnot. Uh, and the counselors and, and, and groups, group therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists are all kind of taking a back seat and just allowing these individuals to direct their own lives and then try and be supportive in a way that allows them to come to the answers they feel they need to on their own without forcing a particular theory upon them. And although that seems well and good, and I agree with it in certain in certain instances, when you are taking a backseat to somebody who has a severe mental problem, yeah. and then you just let them dive into their own fantasy, you're not helping them. Yeah. You're not helping well, them at all. Is it perhaps attached at all, not just to this positive sense? Like in a positive sense, some people are like, well, we need to respect everybody. But do you think maybe that some of this is also people caving from a negative sense, going, well, I don't want to be seen as insensitive or hateful? Well, that, that's possibly it. But I mean, like this model, I guess it, when it comes to dealing with individuals in, 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 in a group or in uh, individual therapy, I can understand it. But I mean, the problem is, is that it is now branching out into everyday life. Like, I'm sorry, if my kid's reaching for a hot stove, I'm not going to take the self-actualization approach and just sit there and watch him do it and then go, well, he determined for himself that he needed to grab the hot stove. No, sometimes <laughs> you have to intercede. Sometimes you have to put yourself out there and get in the way of, of a really bad decision. I think, I, I think a speeding car is a better, better example than a hot stove. Uh, I think I see where you're coming from. I am glad to be ignorant of so many things. It always makes life new and interesting. Every day you learn something. <laughs> yes, it would suck to know everything because then, then you'd be completely powerless. Because <laughs> you'd know the future. And if you know the future, you can't change it, which is the very definition of powerless. That's how you yeah, prove there's see, no there's no omniscient, omnipotent God because you can't be both. If you know everything, you can't change it. And if you can change everything, then you can't know everything. Don't, then you can't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Fair enough. And I halted, feeling assaulted. So normal to be sexually assaulted. I'm walking away now, you just missed your bus, and I'd rather miss mine than let anyone see us. But if girls start speaking, they're just sluts attention seeking. Your hair is green, and it's been green since you were 16. You hang around in public places with imaginary rapists, but you don't want to be seen. Okay. Hey, look at me. Do I have to? You have to? And to someone maybe demonstrating, but to others I'm a crazy bitch menstruating. You're demonstrating something, but it's not your knee, and menstruating isn't crazy if you don't free bleed, and I'm probably not the first to point out this conflation, but why haven't they renamed it femstruation? But they'll watch ready to pounce in case we jump and our tits bound.
Ask yourself one thing before you complain. What goes on in this scenario when men do the same? In this sample, for example, when men jiggle their tits, either everybody winces or no one gives a shit. When you try to list the ways in which your life is hard, and all you can come up with is how popular you are, then all I can reply in respect to this drivel is... politely telling you to check your privilege. You have some interesting uh, frustration discussions with our D&D friend who yeah. runs, runs the games about about uh, how, what power is, what, what the... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very interesting conversations. Uh, something has happened. He used to run games that I, that most of us really enjoyed, and then something happened, and now like I bailed on the game. A number of our friends bailed on it. It was uh, it was that rough, and then uh, Smashlock here has stuck it out. <laughs> I think because he hates himself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm into self punishment. So. <laughs> and and the discussion always comes back around to. Uh, what does it mean to have a sense of power with your character? You know, and just in re it, it kind of reflects in real life. Uh, whereas we've tried to tell him that a sense of control over your choices, not necessarily your circumstances, but your choices, doesn't matter if your character has no powers or is a you know a make believe one. If you can feel like you can make options in your life, reasonable control. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, excuse us. Smashlock had to take a phone call. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, since so he doesn't think that that's true. He tends to run the game with basically pushing all the characters wherever he wants them to go, and then NPCs basically run the whole thing. And it's interesting because I'm not sure how anyone cannot perceive in actual life, and these are real people sitting in the room no matter what game you're playing, that having the ability to feel like you have control over where your life is at least heading in some way is directly connected to your happiness and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get busy saying something you disagree with and then we can have a debate about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, take, it takes me a while to think about something enough to figure out if I even disagree with it. I don't trust my first thought. My first thought is usually an idiot. <laughs> he shows up. Let's say this! And you're like, shut up, sit down. <laughs> yeah. I have to have a long argument with myself before I can commit to an actual argument. But here's, here's a question I have for you. you. I know there's a number of people who either do or uh, don't uh, identify directly as an MRA, men's rights advocate, um, even though many, many more people than, than identify as that label speak about men's issues that are concerned about it. So do you identify as MRA or do you not? I I do, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've talked about this many times in my videos. There's nothing wrong with advocating for men's rights. That's why I do it. That's why I don't shy away from the label. Well, that's why I figured I'd ask you about it. I've watched your videos, but uh, people who listen to our show probably won't listen to them until after they've heard you on the show. So, um, what what do you think that for you? Why did you decide that that was uh, ridiculous to think that it was uh, something wrong with adopting the label? Well, the only reason people think there is anything horrible is because the media keeps saying so. Uh, the, the media quite likes to identify the enemy and then go for it, and it turns out they embraced this enemy with uh, loving arms, if, uh, for want of a much better phrase. They love to say that people who advocate for men's rights are the devil. They could have, because it's not enough to say misogynists are the yes. devil. <laughs> they finally managed to identify what it is that makes a person misogynistic and it's advocating for men's rights <laughs> yeah well I, you know I 
you know, like I say myself, I don't use the label, but I've had it applied to me by people who seem to think it's an insult. And I have consistently said that I don't mind having it attached to me. The only reason I don't use it is I try to shift my focus to skepticism and humanism. Um, but I don't consider the label negative. Well, yeah, sort of got to go Godwin again. But uh, imagine being in Nazi Germany and calling yourself a Jewish rights advocate. It would be worse than calling yourself a Jew, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was the American term uh, historically is, I believe, nigger lover, right? Is <laughs> is the response that generally comes with advocating for... It's it's much more than that. That's why I go to the to the Nazi thing, because they genuinely believe that Jews were in control of everything. So That's to true. be a Jewish rights advocate is absurd. I mean, they control all the banks. Why would you advocate for the rights of the people who clearly control all the banks, <laughs> therefore have complete power over everyone? <laughs> oh, man, you know, you kind of hit on a really interesting parallel there. It's almost like the whole conspiracy that Jews control everything that kind of was born out of that whole Nazi philosophy is very, very similar to the whole men control everything born out of feminist philosophy. It, yeah. It's much like the Jim Crow sort of racism. Uh, it's, it's, it's the anti-Jewish propaganda and the anti-black propaganda. Men are not just so, uh, sort of in control of society. They're also animalish, sort of brutish right. beasts who will fuck you at a moment's notice. You can throw whatever sort of dehumanizing propaganda you like on men and it's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are bad men out there, and those men are called feminists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that coming. Did you? <laughs> well, no, yeah, if, you know, there's, there's sociopaths out there, there's power hungry uh, wrong uns, but, you know, would, it, would they find it beneficial or detrimental to join the feminist movement? <laughs> yeah, I think you'll find they'll mostly find it beneficial because you know, they're, you know, quite a lot of these sociopathic bastards are very good at manipulating people, and religion's a very good, very good way of manipulating people, and feminism's no exception. Did you guys watch any Family Ties when you were growing up? Oh yeah, um, it's an American show. I don't think it made, ever made it over here. Well, it was really popular. Um, there is an episode where it was played by Michael J. Fox, uh, Alex Keaton. Uh, it's been so many years, I'm surprised I remember this. But there is an episode where he's trying to get in good with a girl. And so he's joining all her feminist stuff. Now, in the show, all the way along, he's all about money. He's ardent Republican. He's totally right-wing. But whenever he's around this girl, I remember either in prison because they get arrested for a protest they're involved in. And he starts yelling, I am woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, there you go. Those guys. Those are the guys. It was a prediction, and it's come true. Yeah. Yeah, how do you? I don't know how these guys respect themselves for doing that. I I know for myself, uh, I had a lot of misconceptions about uh, men and women when it comes to power. Uh, so I would try to be supportive and understanding, and I guess you know I still am. But if you're not paying attention, there's a there is a there is a distinction in any given circumstance that you can find between being supportive and being a pet. <laughs> right. You find yourself being put on a leash and walked around. <laughs> Your understanding yeah. has gone too far. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's such a convoluted conversation to try and have because there are so many players now. And every week it seems like there's a new issue that is world ending to the to these individuals. And you just really shake your head at it. And I think a lot of people who would agree with our position just walk away from it because they just don't have any 
idea how to deal with it. It, it. It's very similar. I've seen it happen like when I'm walking through a store and a child is throwing a temper tantrum and their world is coming to an end. Oh, man, you got to keep telling that story about me. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the parents, instead of dealing with the child right then and there because it's an embarrassment, just throw up their hands and walk away and let the child cry it out. Yeah. And, and, and very often what you'll happen is somebody will come in and rescue the child, whether it's a grandparent or a sibling or a, a clerk at the store. They come in and they placate the child instead of dealing with the behavioral issue that is happening in the moment. Yeah. And we call those teachable moments. And so many teachable moments are being avoided now because the, the, the emotional response is just so, so explosive that I think it just scares people away from trying to deal with it because it doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. I think as a as a parent, I'm pretty you know I'm pretty easygoing. I don't think I'm a pushover. Hmm. Uh, perhaps sometimes I'm a pushover. Let's be fair. Sometimes perhaps I am. Uh, but with my daughter, there's one line that I have drawn very clearly, which is hitting. Mm -hmm. Man, Mike, uh, you don't know anything about me probably, but my kid has had lots of uh, you know troubles growing up, and for some reason, though she's normally a good girl, every now and then she'll have these freakouts. And she will start hitting. And uh, so I've got to be ready to go from easygoing dad to this shit isn't going to fly dad in a Ooh. second. <laughs> because I'm six foot two. My kid is eight. She's the size of a 10 year old. So I don't want my daughter to turn into a six foot monster who's going to start slugging people in the face when she gets to be an adult. Right. Yeah. They probably get, a, you know, a harsher reaction society than I do as a dad. <laughs> What kind of reaction do you get to your videos? Like, is it generally positive? Generally, yeah. I mean, you could tell from the likes and the and the comments. It's usually a pretty good ratio. Yeah. And I don't get as many crazies as you would expect. <laughs> not sure why. Well, you're not trying hard enough. You can get them if you want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they see me and, and figure I'm crazier than they are. <laughs> this one can out-crazy us. Run. <laughs> It's the uh, random or cam apocalypse. <laughs> uh, so uh, this we haven't talked about it on our show. Did you follow at all any of this laughing witch business with Thunderfoot? Yeah, well, it was, we did a show about it on Honey Badges on Thursday. Oh, that's right. I haven't. Uh, I see uh, that one. I haven't got yet because what I do is I take them and I put them in audio format and then I put them on my phone for work. All right, we do that ourselves. We got our lips in going on. So oh we, yeah, so, well I should find that probably be easier. <laughs> Is we, uh, I try and put it in uh, the video description. It says direct download, colon, and then the the link to the MP3. Well, that's the problem. I don't read. Uh, I mean, I can, but I just I don't. <laughs> the fallout from that whole scenario, I think, is still going to be playing for a while. But I, I was surprised at the level of bullshit that, that was tossed Thunderfoot's way. Well, for anyone who's listening to this is not familiar, Thunderfoot is a very successful, some would say, um, YouTube content creator and he is opposed to feminism and then on the other side you have laughing witch who got involved because she didn't appreciate the way he was criticizing feminist frequency anita sarkeesian yeah. who is a feminist so she decided because she wasn't getting i guess satisfaction to start a right letter writing campaign with a few other people they try to get him uh thunderfoot who's a scientist they try to get him arrested while he was working in czechoslovakia by the authorities saying that he was a, a nazi encouraging nazism i guess uh, and they sent uh, these letters to his employer, trying to get him fired. Hmm. I think there's one other place that they sent them. The as police well. department in his in his location. Yeah, totally insane. 
but the reason I'm asking about it is that there was kind of a division with people who are opposed to the feminist crazies, which is whether Thunderfoot was warranted in his response, which was to repost a gloating video that she put up where she's like, look, here's the letter I sent and here's my real name. I'm not ashamed. So he put up a video with her name on there and then I guess later showed where her and her business have their Yelp yeah. business uh, listed. And then people went and like started giving her one star reviews or five star reviews that were like, I love these two. They have Nazi memorabilia all up all over their shop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing that, that I, I found so surprising from the fallout is that this was her video, her content. She was the one who put her name out there. Like there's a reason why I go by the name Smashlock and not my real name on the show. It's because I'm going to say things that... I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm willing to stand behind anything I say here in person, but I mean, I'm not going out of my way to, to publicly bring any sort of attention to myself, yeah. my persona. Yes. But well, me, not so much. Cause it could affect you in your field until you get into your field and know what your work. It is could like. affect me in my school. Not once you're in the field, you're fine. But in, in the school atmosphere that I'm in, I just feel like it would be a detriment. So it's just easier not to bridge those two worlds together until I'm, until I've yeah. got the diploma in my hand. Whereas I'm a truck driver, so I don't give a shit. Right. My name's Corey Jansen. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I, I, I'm a postman. My name's Mike Stevenson. I'd rather not be a postman at this point. Come, <laughs> come at me, bro. I'll give my real name another time. Um, yeah, gee, the family court would sure be upset if I got fired because of a letter writing campaign by my enemies. Right. Because <laughs> that's who gets all my money anyway, so I'd be real, really heartbroken. Right, but like, yeah, back to the Thunder, Thunderfoot thing, like the amount of hate that he got from people saying, you're doxing her, you're doing this, you're doing that. No, he didn't. No. No, he didn't. Well, when we got into a discussion, me and a few other people, my attitude essentially came down like this. Um, if somebody if somebody wants to have a debate with me, that's fine. But if somebody, the the analogy I used was, this is like everyone's leaving the bar. And you've been having, you know, let's say I've had been having an ongoing argument with a woman named Anita. And we've been debating and we've had some harsh words or maybe she's ignoring me and I'm just like criticizing things she's doing. Whatever. Either way, it's it's just words. And all of a sudden, this crazy woman in a witch's hat shows up and she's like, you fucking asshole. You better shut your mouth. Right. And it's still just words, though. Right. So no big deal. But then all of a sudden, her and her bunch of her friends jump on me and start beating the shit out of me. <laughs> Okay, so let's say I get away, and then my friends are there, and they see what's happened, and they rush in and beat the shit out of her and her friends. Where in this is Laughing Witch <laughs> the victim? That is what I don't understand in this analogy. She tried to get him arrested and fired, like ruin his life, and just because she disagreed with him on video. Yeah. She's the victim everywhere. This this is how a lot of people operate, and the, the sooner we understand this condition, the better. This is... They they go from <clears throat> from from the war cry being I'm gonna hurt you to the war cry being you're hurting me yeah. and then they stick with that war cry forever it, even as they you know trying to hurt you they they'll punch you in the face and stay and say stop punching me in the face because they're fucking nuts people are this nuts it's real folks this is it <laughs> we've also been infantilizing them under the law it is now so so easy. For a woman to act in the most outrageously abusive ways, as long as she's not caught in public doing it or on camera doing it, and then when something is finally, the guy reports her or someone reports her, to turn around and say, no, the person I was victimizing victimized me. I'm the victim. Yeah. And then the whole legal system goes into effect of protecting her and attacking the person she was abusing. 
Like this is the definition I think of infantilizing people. Right. No matter what you do, you'll never get in trouble. Right. No. Now you see, this is where I part ways with some people who are who are all pro for what he did, and 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 I don't think Thunderfoot advocates for this, and I don't advocate for this. She is separate from her husband. She works for his business, but she's not representative of what that business is. So if people start going and attacking the business, they are they are they are attacking an aspect of her life. But they are attacking an aspect of her life that is controlled by somebody else who had no involvement in the scenario that didn't that potentially didn't advocate for her position. Right. You know. Oh, he did though. He, oh, uh, oh, he did. He, he, yeah, he's got a small sort of channel of his own, and he put a video up saying saying, "Yeah, my wife is completely completely innocently stumbled across this evil Nazi on the internet, <laughs> okay. and, and now and now people are sending hate mail. Our way. please please give us donations. They've yes, made about they've made about money. two grand as of as of Thursday. I think it was." Never mind. I stand corrected. Yeah, he well, white knighted fully. Listen, this is another thing because this is kind of where the, the conversation, what you just touched on, Smashlock, is exactly where the conversation comes to its centrifuge or whatever. It's my opinion is, well, she also okay. She also made a video where she said she mocked him, saying, "There's nothing you can do for me. I work with my husband. You know, you can't attack me the way I've attacked you. There's nothing you can do." And when the internet's found out about that, what is that? What happens when you say to the internet, "There's nothing you can do to me"? Well, they'll find a way. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. Yeah, and a bunch of people are going to go. Well, I have nothing better to do. Right. Let's take that challenge up. So, as far as I'm concerned, she's the one at every step who's threatened the livelihood of her employees. Uh, she's she's the one who's been in charge of this situation the entire way. She's always been in the driver's seat. Right. And pray tell, what is Anita's job description? She's not a scientist. She's not an artist. She's not even a grunt worker. What she does is artless, unscientific, and lazy. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know the word for that. And I don't even think it even needs one. But what you do is hang from that nameless, face, faceless whale carcass and call it your master. I don't know what your master is called, but you are called a minion, George with a J. You have sacrificed your intelligence and relinquished it to one of the most capriciously cruel and ignorant humans this century will remember. Stop taking advice from charlatans and start taking your own advice. So just quit YouTube before you embarrass yourself. I love you, Anita. 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 So just quit YouTube before you embarrass yourself. I don't know. That's a confusing scenario to be in because, I mean, at some point, somewhere down the chain, let's say their business gets shut down because of this. Then you can say that the Internet has spoken, that, that we did have a way to impact you and that your your actions were what led to this. I still feel bad for the guy who works with them. Who well, works yeah, for them. It's not that I don't feel bad for them. You know, I feel bad that they have to work with her in any way. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I don't even know what their business is. I don't know. I haven't bothered to look it up. It, it really some kind, it's some kind of interior decorating sort of painting service or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, hence, hence the, they painted swastikas and everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is like, there's the same difficulty of if you've got uh, McDonald's or Burger King and Burger King starts coming with advertisements attacking McDonald's. And then McDonald's is like, well, 
we should set up some uh, response commercials and someone at the meeting going, well, wait a second. What about the Burger King commercials who might lose their job if we're successful? Uh, like, yeah, I, I, no, I get, I get your point. You can't, you can't, you can't come at a business that way, but we're, we're, we're not talking about one business in, in competition against another business, but no, we are talking just, about one person's livelihood in competition against another person's livelihood in the manner of speaking. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying that there's only so much you can do in, in, in consideration of employees. Right. At some point it becomes sort of a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Like life just doesn't work that way. If I you're, know. if your boss is Tony Stark, you're going to do great. If your boss is uh, is in charge of Oscorp, was the name Green Goblin? You know, fucked. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> experiments need to happen. Yeah. Not that I'm a, uh, not that I'm a geek or know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Gonna take another phone call. Okay. This is not a good day. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Smash Log is a family man. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, from your accent. Uh, I'm guessing that you're German. Is <laughs> <laughs> this another Dr. Lehman thing? Doctor, then you're a German. Uh, my, uh, I'm obviously a master of accents. <laughs> if you're not German, then my next guess is that you're probably Chinese. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, you get there in the end. <laughs> yes, me Chinesey. <laughs> I, believe, I believe that's how my people pronounce it. Me Chinesey. <laughs> Yes. I believe that's your Western way of saying hello. Me, Chinesey. <laughs> it's also the slogan for uh, macaroni and cheese over in uh, China. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are your plans for the future? Uh, where do you think your uh, online uh, activity is going to be going? I, I know you've been doing stuff with the Honey Badgers quite a bit. Yeah, I, I'm you know, hoping to, to sort of make enough money from, from these donations to quit my day job. Oh, nice. That would be awesome. Especially since you sounded like you don't really love it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I, I very much... When I have a day off and I get to just wake up in the morning and start work on a video, that's awesome. And that's very often when a video gets done by the end of the day. So if I didn't have the day job, I'd be able to do you know multiple videos every week, including the honey badges and that. I, uh, you know, I've, the possibility of eventually um, seeing if people would support us has come to my mind, but... Uh, I have been slow on this mostly because uh, at this point I work, you know, as I'm a truck driver. I do mostly local stuff now and I work full time and the family court has demanded more money than I could ever possibly pay. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I'm worried that anything that I tried to make online would just cause me more complications. Like, I'm not sure if we would be supported or not, but even if we were just supported a little bit and then the court would be like, Throwing turds my way. Mm. We're at a lull in the conversation, just so you know. Smashlock just got back. Hello. Hey. <laughs> He's Chinesey. What? <laughs> well, okay, wow. Um, I, I, I told him that my guess was that from his accent, he's German. <laughs> and then my second guess was, if not, then Chinese. And he said, yes, me, Chinesey. <laughs> <laughs> now you got him. We do. <laughs> So what what are the issues that you find most pressing right now when you're online? What are the what are the ones that are currently bugging well, you the on, most? If it's online, then it's freedom of speech online, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, you're getting more and more people who think it's a good idea to to curtail that that that, that inconvenient <laughs> little element of the internet. I guess with your with the types of videos that you make, you haven't probably run into any copyright issues, have you? Like where the automated no. automated system starts giving you all kinds of notices. 
I, I always assumed that's because I didn't monetize my videos. I like the, uh, the couple of times when I did use a clip that's more than 22 seconds. Uh, the, the original maker of the video got an advert put on my video. And so I, I figured that was the consequence. If I use more than 22 seconds, then someone else will get uh, a commercial put on my video and they'll get the revenue for it. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've been amazed at what you can get dinged for. Um, a lot of stuff I do, obviously, I, I take it, I keep the content there, but I clean up the audio and then I put an intro on it and all this stuff. So I have a number of types of sound samples and whatnot, and I've been amazed at the things that I can get dinged for on their automated system. And though I haven't monetized any of our uh, any of our videos that we put up for the show, uh, but yeah, that's what usually it is. It's I haven't been dinged with any like red flags. I think you get three of those and they kick your ass off. Uh, but what I do get quite often is the most bizarre claims to, to material on our episodes where they claim the right to monetize the video for themselves. And I'm like, that's the only reason that I put it in a uh, rebuttal. It's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> there are a couple exceptions where it was obviously copyrighted material. Like uh, there was one I did with Monty Python. And I know it was less than 30 seconds, but uh, it's a little surprised that they were so... Uh, they didn't ask them. They didn't say they were going to monetize it. They said that their copyright would not show in Germany and possibly other countries. Yeah, um, but it's gotten out of control. I know uh, what's his, Sargon's been hit twice recently. Yeah. Oh, MTV. MTV supposedly MTV. One, and then it's more recently, thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the more recently, uh, he got dinged for the dangerous <laughs> ideas out of Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. where he was criticizing a feminist there that was, oh my God, she was just completely idiotic. And they're all clapping for her like a bunch of seals. Oh, <laughs> I love the argument. Uh, it always comes out when they talk long enough is, women can do anything. They don't need men. By the way, women are always the victims. Men need to do things for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all wonderfully convenient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. But uh, thank you for being on the show. But unfortunately, I have to go and deal with some kid stuff. So I'm going to let <laughs> Mr. Dragonbeard close up shop here for me. <laughs> See you later, man. See you. See you later. Have fun with the kids. Make sure they know who's boss. Oh, always. And who's bossy. And who's bossy. Yes. <laughs> okay, give me one second here. I changed my microphone setting. Already. That's just for you, because you're special. <laughs> you're a snowflake. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, have you gotten... Uh, okay, how long have you been making videos now? Uh, it's, well, nine years now, I think. Um, this is 2000... Uh, no, it's 2015. So yeah, be eight years. Oh, that's wow. Just, that's just on YouTube. I mean, I had I got my first camcorder when I was 14, and I've been messing around with that medium ever since, you know. I'm only familiar with um, probably your more recent stuff. Did you have different format before? Is it yeah, I, I started off just doing guitar things, just sort of playing classic metal albums in a silly, uh, in a series of silly folky ways, and then you know did sort of silly psychedelic music videos, and then slowly figured out how to animate, and you know, and there's nice. a hell of a learning curve there that you can plot if you watch my stuff in chronological order <clears throat> man that would be awesome i i'm planning on doing some uh if my current uh energy level allows me to i eventually when i get some time i want to start doing some fake con- uh, fake commercials for our show okay yeah um the one i'm working on right now i'm collecting audio for is uh, quantum leap did you ever have to sit through that show oh yes 
So my working idea is to be quantum creep. And they use the actual music for the beginning without any of the words and replace it that instead of it's just being, you know, a scientist who was running out of time and jumped to his own machine. And now he jumps to other people's lives. However, that works. It's going to be quantum creep about a, a scientist who is going to be uh, convicted of, of uh, murder and possibly rape. So he jumps back into the machine and he's constantly committing crimes in every single life. And his friend is always trying to stop him. All right. So I want to try and find some audio clips of them saying things out of context, right? That sounds really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You know, sad, I tell you. Uh, sadly, the guy, Scott Bakula, who played the main part, I can't find anything where he plays an evil person. He's always a nice guy, which is really inconvenient for me. He's <laughs> been, it's been uh, Sam Beckett and the captain of the Enterprise. That's about it, isn't it? I can't think of anything else. He's been, well, he's been in a lot of small parts, but he's always either a nice guy or a small part. Yeah. Yeah, it would seem weird, wouldn't it? Scott Bakula is a bad guy. Well, I mean, he, he's, he's got this friendly horse face about him. Yes. <laughs> it would be creepy, though, wouldn't it? If he played a bad guy, he'd be like, okay, yeah. okay, would you sit down? I'm going to murder your friend. <laughs> I'm going to murder your friend. And yeah, I'm going to get back and I'm going to murder you. Would you mind sitting right there? Because uh, I don't like people messing up my apartment. It's like, oh, no, that, might, that might work. That's um, that fucking uh, evil German guy from Inglorious Bastards. I forget his name, Christopher Waltz. Isn't it? Is like, that's the... what that's what made him so scary because you couldn't figure out if he was friendly or not. Oh, the German? Yeah. <laughs> Christoph. Christoph. You got an Oscar, I think. Is that the guy? He gets the uh, he carves the swastika in his forehead at the end. <laughs> I can't remember. I once I managed to get through Inglorious Bastards without falling asleep. Yeah, you know what. I don't care who hates me. Uh, normally, I like Tarantino movies, but I, he's gotten to the point now where he can make any schlock, and people will just say it's a critical acclaim. Yeah. Like, I loved Kill Bill, the first part. second part was okay. When we came around in Glorious Bastards, I'm like, okay, so if I were a successful director-writer, and I were sitting at home, and I'm like, I have no ideas, but I should make another film, how hard would it be to go, okay, let's make a, bunch of, a movie where a bunch of Jews kill a bunch of Nazis? Ah, yeah, and uh, we'll throw Brad Pitt into it. Yeah, it's what, what revenge movie haven't we done yet? Yeah. Let's do Jews, let's do black people. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> I think we already did women. Maybe that's what Kill Bill was. Was that it, Quentin? <laughs> was it a female revenge movie? It was, wasn't it? I actually much preferred Kung Fury. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> it's that half hour sort of sort of deliberately 80s silliness. Yeah. Yes. It was Very wondrous. I, and they must have done a great deal of work with the fight scenes. I just like watching that and it's like it looks cheesy, but wow, that yeah. must have taken forever to film this. And then to process all the footage? Yeah, well, they, they, you, know, you, you never know how cheap and uh, easy it is to produce this kind of CGI stuff these days. I mean, no movie gets gets by without it. <laughs> you presume there's a lot of people out there doing this stuff. Maybe some of them will do it on the cheap. But what's the amazing thing, um, what people are able to do now in small groups or even individually? Is there's, like, there's just the fact that people have channels and they have a green screen behind them, like uh, Noel Plum. Just the stuff that he does, you know, that kind of stuff 20 years ago. Your friends would have been like, holy shit, how much money do you have? Sorry, Kitty. I'll be right back. After I choke my money! I got to get going soon anyways. Um, uh, what I wanted to make sure I got a chance to do, though, was uh, ask you to let people know where they can find you, like the work that you're doing. Uh, YouTube.com slash Dr. Randomacam. As it sounds, D-O-C-T-O-R-R-A-N-D-E. 
O-M-E-R-C-A-M. It's randomer. You know what a randomer is? It's a person who's random. We'll put cam on the end of that because I I'm I put <laughs> randomers on cam. It's easy to remember. It's not a ridiculously long and stupid word, folks. It really isn't. I didn't do a wrong thing. Uh, everyone else did. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I put a link there as well on the show notes. So if anyone wants to know for sure, they can go there and click on it at thepostasynow.net. Um, would you like me to also put a link to... Would you like to say where you're working with the Honey Badgers right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, same shit. YouTube.com slash Honey Badger Radio. Or we've got our own website, HoneyBadgerBrigade.com, where we have lots of articles as well as, as, as all the podcasts that we do. Awesome. And, and all the cool artwork that all of our artists do. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost professional looking. It's amazeballs. It's amazeballs. Amazeballs, <laughs> I tell you. Awesomeness. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. I really appreciate uh, you being on the show. I love your videos. Just keep making them. Thank you very much. I, I, I will. Don't ever, don't ever get burned out. Don't ever drop off the, 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 the web because that happens too often to people I like. There. I won't. I, I, uh, I, think, I think I might have been born to be on the internet or something <laughs> like that. You idiots! These are not them. You've captured their stunt doubles! <laughs>